from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey. Actually, a couple steps outside the studios. Um, so if it sounds like a bird, it is a bird. Um, this is Teeing It Up presents uh, Danny Flecka in his weekly spot here on a Saturday morning. Um, ready for another day, October 2nd. Danny joins us. Good morning, sir. Morning. Um, look... Let's just make it plain and simple. You and I are both Yankee fans, and they did not do their job last night. And you're getting to the point here where you're going to have to put up some runs against really quality uh, Tampa pitching and hitting. And we saw it last night with using Albert Abreu in that big spot in the eighth. And, you know, it's one hit that opens up a game, and, and then, you know, the rally in the bottom of the ninth comes up short. But if you want to end up in this wild card game and ultimately win the wild card game, you're going to have to score runs. You're going to basically have to pitch shutouts, and that's not what Nestor Cortez did, although he did a pretty good job in his spot. But ultimately, Albert Abreu uh, didn't quite do his. Yeah, the Yankees, I'm not surprised to see them yesterday come up a little bit short. They had a really emotional win up in Toronto to close out that series. Um, so, you know, I could imagine that they were, you know, turning it around 24 hours, you know, after the last, I don't know, 50 games or so for them have basically been uh, playoff games, um, considering where they were at the All-Star break and at the trade deadline. You know, it's been a, a do or die for them for almost two months now plus. So um, that, that emotion from, from Thursday, I wasn't surprised, you know, when I saw them keeping it close, but, you know, ultimately not be able to, to get that timely hit. You know, the, the number's simple for them here. They got to win one of these games, uh, you know, and preferably tonight uh, or this afternoon. You win today, you automatically clinch the top wild card spot, you know, because, you know, Boston will still be a game behind even if they win. Um, and everything else will fall in line that way. So I think if they win tonight, they put themselves in a good spot. Um, then you, you know, obviously hope that tomorrow, uh, you know, you're able to get another one and then really clinch that game at home uh, at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on you know how the rest of it shakes out. But yeah, they got today's the day. They, they got to win today. Um, I can imagine Tampa might take it a little bit easier today and tomorrow, just because. They're settled. They know what they need to do. They probably don't want to burn their bullpen or, or arms that don't, or they arms are going to need come next week, especially with the way that they rotate pitches in and out um, and everything else like that. So I think today's the game for the Yankees. The you know, circle on your calendar. They got to win today. I don't even know who's pitching for them. I think Montgomery, right? Um, so they need a hell of a performance from him. At least maybe go six innings, maybe seven if he can get to there. Um, you know, really allow that bullpen to, to rest up and then, you know, um, have the opportunity to win the game. But I think it comes down to just executing today um, and seeing what happens. They need to make sure that they get hits with runners in scoring positions. Uh, they don't, you know, if they get a lead, not to blow it, which we know has been a, an M.O. of them this year. And, you know, just, just execute. They've been, been hot lately. Hopefully it continues. And other things go their way, uh, you know, like a Boston loss today or, um, you know, a, a Seattle loss today uh, would really go a long way for them feeling really comfortable, I think. But it's just about execution today. Absolutely. And you're up there in Boston. What's the vibe involving the Red Sox? 
I mean, they've had a nail in the coffin since the trade deadline, <laughs> to be honest with you. Even though they've hovered back and forth from this first wild card spot to the second wild card spot, um, you know, the series against the Yankees was disappointing for them. The series started off pretty poorly for them against, um, I mean, ended pretty poorly for them against Baltimore. Um, and they're in the same situation as the Yankees, right? If they keep winning, they're, they're good. Uh, but if they slip up today, the Mariners win, the, the Blue Jays win, and the Yankees win, then they're in a spot where tomorrow's a, you know, a playing game for the playing game for the playing game. So, um, you know, it's, it's a vibe up here that they've really sort of given up. But, you know, fans have felt like they've given up since the, the All-Star break, even though they're still in it. And, you know, this team wasn't really expected to be in it to begin with. So, overall, I think they've had a, a decent year. But when you're, you know, in first place, July 30th and lose nine games on first place and then are struggling for the wild card, I think then, you know, the season becomes a bit of a disappointment if you're not able to get in. So I think that's where, you know, Red Sox find themselves, you know, today. Danny Flecko with us here on Teeing It Up. Um, you see Clayton Kershaw go down last night, says that he doesn't, you know, doesn't think it's likely that he'll pitch in the postseason. The Dodgers may be stuck in the wild card game. Um, and if they lose that game, obviously they're out. Um, Kershaw's a free agent after this season. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting, Danny. The end of an era in. Los Angeles potentially, depending on A, if Kershaw wants to keep going, and B, where he winds up pitching. Um, one of the greatest pitchers in Dodgers history um, and, and did get the ring and did get that postseason, um, you know, uh, uh, bad nickname removed. But ultimately, it's also a case of what could have been. No, absolutely, right? The Dodgers have, you know, it's, Amazing that they're going to have 105, 106 wins, whatever it is, 107, and be stuck in that wild card. Um, you know, the old format, they obviously would have been guaranteed a spot in, and now they're, you know, fighting for the opportunity to play there. You know, no one saw the Giants having the year that they had, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Dodgers play these last two games. Do they go for the division, or do they understand that, hey, you know, we're locked in? Let's get our rotation set up for the game against um, you know, the Cardinals, who have been a nemesis to the Dodgers in the playoffs for a number of years. So, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting spot. You know, from a baseball perspective, you'd love to see the Dodgers in there just from a pure entertainment standpoint. Um, they're one of the best teams in the league. Um, they have one of the best rosters in the league. But they always seem to make things interesting. Um, but there's no guarantee we're going to get that. So. If you're the Dodgers, you probably just want to be able to, to, you know, if it were me, set up my rotation as I need to set it up for the wild card game and, you know, hope for the best from there because, you know, one would think that with their lineup um, and their depth they have, they should be able to take care of the Cardinals. But the Cardinals have won an ungodly amount of games in a row. Um, came out of nowhere the last, you know, six weeks of the season to, to really shore up that second wild card spot. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Dodgers approach this because I think they're two games out um, today. I, I don't know if the, the Giants won yesterday or if the Dodgers won yesterday. Um, last time I checked, it was two games. So 
know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do if they go for it or if they you know just settle settle in and be like you know what the wild cards are spot let's let's just deal with it let's get our our pitching set up and let's get our players healthy um, for that game on on Tuesday or Wednesday whenever they play. Danny Flicka with us here on teeing it up. Let's let's switch gears here um, and talk some college football. Um, you have Arkansas Georgia today in one of the two highlight games. Um, we've talked for a long time about there being two different levels essentially um, in college. Um, you want to play in the Bama level? Sure. If you want a New Year's Six Bowl, that's a different level. Um, is Arkansas ready, or is this going to be one of those days where there's just no chance that they even sniff the prospect of a victory? Yeah, it's going to be a tough game for them. You know, emotional win last week against Texas A&M, a team they hadn't beaten um, for a number of years. Um, they're not flashy on offense. Um, they're, t- they're a physical team. They, you know, take on the personality of their coach, and they're going into Athens to play probably the best team in college football, or at least the best defense in college football. We saw what they did against Clemson, but, you know, Clemson right now, that win is looking less and less more impressive as we see Clemson go through the season. Um, but this is, you know, everyone's talking about Arkansas's first real road test, and, you know, but they've already played Texas, and they've already played Texas A&M, and they've had the opportunity to go against teams that were perceived to be better than they are, and they've came out victorious both ends. Whereas Georgia, the last couple of weeks, have not been able to play that that type of competition. So, you know, it, this game, I think, means more to Georgia than it does to Arkansas. Um, you know, the spread indicates that people think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be that way. I think it's going to be a tough game, physical, um, early kickoff. So, you know, the crowd isn't as liquored up. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to be into it. But, you know, with the tailgating and everything like that, they have a short window for that. So the crowd might take a little time to get into the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a physical game. I, I do think Arkansas plays tough, covers that 18-point spread, 16-point spread, depending on where you're getting it. Um, but I think Georgia's defense is, is really impressive. Um, the one thing to keep an eye out for is you know Georgia's offensive play. Right now their quarterback, JT Daniels, is questionable. If they aren't able to have JT Daniels go or see him not be able to finish out that game, you know, it plays into Arkansas's hands because I think then Georgia will become one-dimensional and unable to really move the ball. Um, and, and Arkansas's defense is, is no slouch either. So I, I do anticipate a closer game than most people think. But I think at the end of the day, Georgia's defense is, is enough to, to overpower Arkansas, you know, and, and keep them squarely in that, you know, number two spot. But don't give Arkansas – don't count Arkansas out. I think that they understand what's in front of them. I think their coach understands – the environment they're going into. He was the offensive line coach at Georgia before he went over to Arkansas. So he knows what what, he, what awaits them. Um, they just need to go out there and play fundamentally sound football and, and hope Georgia makes some mistakes. But if, if Georgia's out, JT Daniels, I, I think that Arkansas has a better chance of keeping this game close. Danny Flecko with us here on Teeing It Up. The other game I have my eye on is Cincinnati-Notre Dame. Um, there's obviously the Brian Kelly connections, but there's also Cincinnati looking at some of these openings and trying to build a resume to get into the conversation for the playoff. Is this the game that Cincinnati needs to win, or is their schedule just too weak? I think that they need to win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be one that they do. Um, you look at the way this game is setting up, you know, 
Notre Dame, everyone's kind of writing them off a little bit. They had a, a slugfest of a game against Wisconsin. I know that they beat them 41-13, but if you watch that game or listen to that game, you know that that game was in doubt for a majority of the time. You know, Thankfully, Notre Dame's defense was able to, to step up. They got some big plays on the special teams that were, that were allowing them to you know, run away with that game. But I look at Cincinnati here. You went into an Indiana environment uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're down 14 points. And Indiana should have ran away with that game. They didn't, and that's you know more Indiana than I think Cincinnati. They weren't. The you know, Indiana team is the same team that we saw last year. They are built, I think, to, to play that type of football this year. And now, if you're Cincinnati, you're going to Notre Dame, a favorite, expectations, uh, an opportunity something that you and the team have never had before and I just don't see it this week I think that Notre Dame is, is, is coming around their defense is starting to play uh, more efficiently they're starting to be more aggressive and executing on the defense side of the ball Notre Dame's offensive line has had some issues you know their bread and butter is being able to run the ball they haven't really done that well this year but they have at the end of the day I think better athletes at all levels of the field and that, to me, is the deciding factor. You know, Notre Dame being a dog at home definitely provides enough motivation for them. But it's also a game that people don't think Notre Dame's going to win. So they kind of go in there with, you know, with all the pressure on Cincinnati and being at home, comfortable, you know, with the way that that defense is playing right now. I think that you know Desmond Ritter and that Cincinnati team is going to have some issues. And if they if they fall behind, like they did in, in Indiana, you know, what's the likelihood of them coming back like they did in that game? I, I think low. Um, so I, my my money's on Notre Dame today. I just think that they're the better team when you look at all all levels of the field and the, the athletes that they have. So I, I'm going with Notre Dame as a home dog against the Power 5 team for the first time, I think, since 2000. And I, I, heard this, I heard it the other day, like 2005 was the last time that they were um, – a dog at home. Crazy. Um, they won that game outright. So I just think there's too much pressure on Cincinnati today for them to handle it. And we saw last night, you know, the Maryland game, not not the same sort of expectation, but when you're in, in a position that you're not used to being in um, as a team with opportunity in front of you and you haven't handled it before, um, sometimes those, those environments can get the best of you. And I think we kind of see that today with Cincinnati. Danny Flecka with us here on what's turned into now a breezy um, outdoor teeing it up presents um, on this Saturday. Well, where did this wind come from? This this wind had been two miles per hour until right now. Um, okay then, Un- unexpected. Speaking of unexpected, some Pats fans still can't bring their arms around the fact that Tom Brady is no longer on their team, but he is indeed no longer on their team, and he returns to New England tomorrow night and what's being hyped is the game of the year, the game of all games, the game that transcends sports, goes beyond sports, a hero returning to the place where he made his most achievements. Uh, is this really this, Danny? I, I mean, from my perch, it's a football game and the Bucks are going to win because they're the better team. You're up there. Is this being billed as like, you know... Um, the king returning after waging war in another land? Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've seen the buildup of this game, at least locally, for for about six months. Um, <laughs> and it only became more prevalent 
you know, this week when the Seth Wickersham book starts to leak out some of the the excerpts from it and, you know, some of the interesting storylines there, none of which to me surprised were, were, were surprising. You know, you had three men uh, with egos bigger than the sun, um, all fighting for, for, you know, a place where they're able to say, it's, you know, this is my achievement. I'm the one that made this happen without me. There's no, you know, six Super Bowls, etc. I think this game, at the end of the day, like you said, is just a game. But for one team, the Patriots, it's their season. Because if they're unable to win this game, you're one and three, and expectations for what you potentially had for this season kind of fall apart. Whereas if you're Tampa, you're two and two. You know, not not the best best position to be in, but you still have a weak division. Um, uh, a better roster than most of the teams are going to play on a week-in, week-out basis. So you still have that opportunity for some wiggle room there. I, I just think that the Patriots find themselves in a spot where maybe defensively they can hold up for a couple of quarters, but offensively they've struggled this year. They can't run the ball. Their offensive line's a bit of a mess. You know, we know what their pass catchers are like. They have a rookie quarterback. For me, it comes down to if, if New England wants to stay in this game, I'm sure they'll make some defensive stops, but can they control the ball? Can they, you know, have drives, end in touchdowns, and really force Tampa Bay to play on their terms? I don't know if that's going to be able to happen. It may be able to, to play off for a quarter or two, but if New England's unable to score touchdowns and force Tampa Bay to, to, to have success every time they have the ball, then I think it's going to be a long night for the Patriots. You know, it, it's just, a, I think, a bad matchup for them at the wrong point in the season where they're still trying to figure things out. Tampa comes in with maybe some extra motivation. Obviously, you know, Tom Brady has all the motivation he needs, but, you know, they got kind of embarrassed last week as well. So I, I think that if, if the Patriots can, can end drives and touchdowns and force Tampa to be you know, efficient on offense, then maybe they're in this game. But if they're chasing the game... Uh, I don't see how they're able to, to stay within Tampa. It's just uh, it's going to be too much for a rookie QB and an offense that lacks explosive playmakers. And finally, who do you like this week? So from a, from a betting perspective, um, I really, you know, it's a, it's a weird week. A lot of spreads that are, are over a touchdown, so you got to be careful with the way you go with that. But, I think Detroit's in a good spot. You know, we've seen them play better and better each week. They're feisty. They're not going to quit. Chicago's a bit of a mess. You know, they're only a field goal dog. I would appreciate a little bit more points on that end, but I like Detroit. Um, I'm also a big fan of Baltimore uh, at Denver. That line's flip-flop from, like, plus one, Baltimore, now to minus one. Um, I just think Denver hasn't really had the the type of competition that warrants them to to be within, you know, a field goal or so spread of, of the Ravens right now. Um, I think Baltimore presents some issues for them um, on defense. I know that they haven't played up to their expectations on defense, but they have athletic, you know, linebackers and secondary, and Teddy Bridgewater has faced the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. So we'll see if he's able to step up, but I do like Baltimore in this spot. I think they're being a little underappreciated. Danny, do you have any thoughts on the PGA Tour's uh, Sanderson Farms Championship and and the three-way tie for the lead after 36 holes? I do not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes or no, um, 
over, sorry, over under times that Belichick, Brady, and Kraft get shown on the NBC telecast Sunday night. I'm going to put it at 25, over or under. I mean, we're going to see Brady a lot, uh, that's for sure. I think we see Kraft at least five or six times, um, and Belichick at least on the sideline probably ten times. Um, and it, I think it really depends on you know how the game is going to. If it's a close game, I think we, we miss out on some of that stuff, but if it's a a game that's getting away. Expect to see a lot of like the narratives from like the past championship games, the relationship, and and everything like that. But if it's a close game, you know the focus will be on what what's you know providing that, and that's the play uh, of the players. But um, there, there's a chance this game gets a little out of hand. Um, but I do think it stays close for for at least two and a half, three quarters, and then I think you know we might see what we've seen. With, with that guy in blue uh, for 20 years, you know, the ball with a chance to end the game or really stick a nail in it, and, and he'll do that. I am with you there. Uh, Danny, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. No problem, man. Enjoy the weekend. You too, and thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.